Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted! Intercepted by DJ Rodgers in the end zone for the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, oh, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. As always, make sure you're checking out our podcast at Trilogy underscore pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today, I am live to talk some draft prospects for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, the the season ended, unfortunately, too quickly for the Packers this year, and now it's offseason. And what does that mean? For me, that means draft talk, and I, I love draft talk. I'm excited. I wish it was a couple weeks away yet, but we're here. Just want to get out there and just talk a little bit about what are some names that you can start looking for. Um, you know, names to that might be around in that time at key positions, uh, positions of need for this team. So I just want to get right into this and just start. So in this video um, and podcast, I just want to look at round one options. You know, we can dive deeper into the draft in future videos, future podcasts. But in this one, I just want to look at first-round prospects for the Packers, and you know how these different guys can fit all of this, all that different type of stuff. So let's get into this. I want to start um, at a rather exciting position. It, there's no rhyme or reason why it's here, but we're just going to start with wide receivers. I personally don't think the Packers are probably going to draft a first-round wide receiver, but. We're here. Let's talk about it because there are some exciting guys. First, um, in my first tier, which is tier zero, which means there's zero chance the Packers are going to draft them uh, because they are not going to be on the board um, in all likelihood. Those three guys in this case are Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Um, They're top 10 guys currently on my board. Um, they are very close to that. I have Jamar Chase at five, Devontae Smith at eight, Jalen Waddell at 12. Um, so highly unlikely to see any of those three guys. Now with the deep wide receiver class last year, does that push them down the board a little bit? Maybe, uh, but I don't think it pushes them down to 29 where the Packers will be drafting. The next tier is is a tier that maybe this player could fall and I have more faith than the other three players I just mentioned. Um, And he's, he's in this tier by himself and that's Rashad Bateman. He is the wide receiver for Minnesota and he definitely was kind of the, the heart and soul of that Minnesota offense. 
at the wide receiver position. Um, he was utilized on the boundary quite a bit in Minnesota, but he was a lot of in-breaking passing routes or patterns and things like that. Um, so a lot of people are saying, oh, he might just be a slot guy. I don't really think that's the case. He looks like he can be a legit number one. Um, and and maybe not a number one, but a featured number two, like a top end number two, you know, mid to low end number one, somewhere in that range for Bateman. And if that's the case and the Packers are able to get him, that is phenomenal. You pair that type of talent with Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, you know, maybe MVS is still on the team with for the deep shots. That really looks like a great wide receiver room and it getting better. And then, you know, you add other pass catchers in Robert Tunyon, Josiah DeGuara is coming back. You know, that's really like looking like a formidable group. And Rashad Bateman definitely adds a lot there. Um, now, like I said, he could be there, but I would venture to guess that he is going to be the fourth receiver off the board and he's going to be gone by that point. Uh, but I do think there's a chance for him. The next tier and these are ones that I feel more comfortable saying that could be there, not saying they will, uh, but they could be there at 29. Rondale Moore from Purdue, really, really exciting player. I just don't think the Packers are going to draft him. He is that like true slot gadget type of player, um, very electric, but he has had some health issues. Um, he really is a great, great weapon, but with the injuries and with that not really fitting the mold of a Packers wide receiver. I am not going to spend a ton of time on him, even though he is exciting. I just don't think the Packers will be drafting him at all. So that's, I don't want to go too far into him because I, he's not a Packers wide receiver and I don't see them changing that for Rondale Moore. Now, maybe for, um, you know, a top end receiver like Jalen Waddle, maybe, but he does a little bit more than just that gadget slot type of receiver. Next guy on the list, and if Rashad Bateman isn't there, this might be Terrence Marsh or Terrace Marshall and Kadarius Tony are my next two guys that I am like super, super excited about. If they're there and the Packers take them, I will be ecstatic. I don't think the Packers will, like I've been saying, but Marshall it was considered the other guy in 2019 because Jamar Chase, who I mentioned, fifth on my board, top receiver on the board. And then also, as I'm sure you know, Justin Jefferson was on there as well uh, on that 2019 team. So he was really down on all of the targets there. And then in 2020, it was kind of his team. And in seven games, he averaged um, in seven games this year in 2020, he averaged more than a hundred yards receiving and hauled in double digit touchdown touchdowns this year for a second consecutive season. So he has been very good. Um, he's pretty versatile. You can have him in the slot. You can have him out wide. He does have that more size um, that the Packers like. They like the bigger receivers. He does have that size, that physicality. He, he's got good ball skills. He's got some run after the catch. He's got some good um, route running skills. 
and overall is pretty refined technically, which now you get him in the room with a guy like Devon Adams and all those technical refinement that he already has is going to get better. He's going to get a better as a better route runner. It this seems almost like too perfect of a fit Marshall to the Packers. I am in love with um, some issues that are dropping him down here are, you know, he de- dealt with a foot ish, a foot injury in 2019. Um, he did have a little bit of drop issues that crept up on him in 2020 and has some inconsistent moments as a blocker. Knowing the Packers, they do want blockers. Um, but in this first round range, he's still probably the best size guy um, on as an option, unless Rashad Bateman is there. Um, but he definitely has more size and blocking capabilities than a Rondale Moore or a Kadarius Tony. Let's go to Kadarius Tony. He is electric. He is everything that I was talking about with Rondell Moore. He is that electric slot receiver. Um, every season down in Gainesville, he played for Florida. He improved and he is more than he he's very fun to watch. Like if you want to watch some highlights, go watch him. He is just absolutely electric with the ball in his hand or without it. He's, he's just an exciting, exciting player. Now uh, the draft network says his route running can his ceiling for his route running is a bit limited. Um, I wonder if getting in with Devonte Adams, the best route runner in the league could help him with that. Um, but no doubt you can move him around the formation and do, you know, he could be your Tyler Irvin jet motion guy, but a true legit wide receiver that can do more than that can run legit routes, run all the routes on the route tree. Um, he's a guy that, has that capability, but has more of a ceiling than a Tyler Irvin type of player. Um, My next tier is a trade back option or slightly reaching according to media. Um, Now, you know, teams set their boards and they don't think they're reaching when they're making these picks. So um, to them, it's probably not going to be a reach and it's not technically a wide receiver as well. It's a tight end. Uh, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State is another guy. He does not have um, the blocking. He, he's definitely a receiving tight end. That's why I felt comfortable putting him on this list um, because he he is mainly a pass catcher. Right now I have him just outside of the first round at 34, um, but he is – you know, that new age tight end that's going to help in the pass game. He's going to be a mismatch. Again, doesn't have a lot of that blocking, but a guy like Robert Tunyon didn't have a lot of blocking when he came in to the Packers organization as well. So that could be an option. I do not think the Packers aren't going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. I really don't think they're drafting a tight end. Um, but Fryermuth does have some interesting things that could help this team. So I wanted to mention him there. Um, Next group that I want to get into is offensive linemen. We'll start with that tier zero. Again, the guys that are more than likely not going to be there for sure. Penny Sewell, 
is not going to be there. Um, Rashawn Slater, Christian Derrissaw, I do not believe are going to be there either. All tackles there. The next one um, that could be there, but I don't think so. Based on my board, I would guess not. Um, Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle from Texas. And the next two um, are listed as interior offensive linemen, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State and Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. So Vera Tucker, I think, is going to be off the board strictly because of his versatility. Um, you know, he played tackle at USC. He played interior at USC. He has some of that versatility. I think that's going to rise him up a little bit. Um, Wyatt Davis is the best guard in the class by a lot of people's standards. I have him at 22nd. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker's at 25, so it's not crazy that the Packers might get a chance at him at 29. But I do think, like I said, that versatility might drive him up a little bit. Um, some other guys that I want to mention here in the next tier. So the guys that I think there's a there's a good chance that they could be available. First and foremost, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. He has experience at guard and tackle as well. So he has some of that versatility that I was talking about with Vera Tucker. And he does have pretty good strength as a run blocker. Um, you know, he is able to drive out of defenders out of the areas, all that kind of stuff. Um, the issue with him is as, as a pass protector. He, he has to clean up that area of his game um, and be able to do a better job with some of those pass rushers. So to me, I don't know how much of a fit Leatherwood would be for the Packers, even though he's going to be on the right side. That's typically a more um, run-focused tackle, but you still got to do the job. And and we saw when our tackles were struggling this year, when David Bakhtiari hasn't been in there, it, it was really both sides. Billy Turner and Rick Wagner at times both struggled, um, and it was still impactful even if the pressure was coming off the right side. So I wouldn't absolutely love this pick, um, but he is rated on my board 28th and slightly higher than the next guy who is ranked at 32, which I would actually like more. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, tackle from Michigan. So Mayfield, I, I'm not really 100% sure what – the reason is why he's so far down this list. I I am using a consensus board that has 12. So it's not truly my board. I haven't watched all of these players and that type of thing. But um, it, it goes through 12 different internet boards, kind of compiles them, puts them in one. To me, I would have Mayfield above Leatherwood because he's a guy that his – pass blocking is is better you know he's had to go through top 50 picks he he had to block chase young you know being a big 10 tackle he had to block chase young um Yatir gross matos from last year was a top 50 pick you know he's got jason um away from penn state that's in this draft as an edge rusher you know there's been some guys that he's had to handle with um from a pass rushing standpoint especially in 2019. And the thing that I think has been 
pushing him down, which I don't know if it'll push down on team's draft boards, was the shortened sample size for the 2020 Big Ten season. Um, he played in just two games this season and will just have 15 starts under his belt at Michigan. So I do believe that's why he's pushing down the board. But I'm getting this from the draft network. They said he looked dominant, looked like uh, a much more refined prospect in 2020. And this particular draft analyst says, I think Mayfield is a high level right tackle prospect who could be trained to switch sides so he could play right or left. And also he thinks that there's a possibility that he is a high level guard in this league as well. So to me, as tackle is going to be an area of need, you know, you got to fill that hole that Brian Bulaga left. I think, you know, between Billy Turner, Wick Wagner, they can do it in the short term, but you kind of need a long-term answer here. I think Mayfield could be that guy. Um, and if he's on the board, he's definitely a guy that I am going to be looking at for the Packers to draft because he's one that's pretty high up on my list. Um, I have another tier that trade back or a slight reach in this situation. So Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle for Notre Dame. And they start their description off with he's an NFL ready starting left tackle. So he's NFL ready. Maybe he doesn't have quite that ceiling. Um, but, you know, at the same time, he's NFL ready. He's ready to go. He could be your right tackle. Um, I'm guessing if he can play left, he can play right as well, especially in the Packers scheme. Some other guys to keep an eye on, interior guys, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma and Trey Smith from Alabama. Um, moving ahead, I want to talk a little bit about um, defensive line. Uh, this is another position I don't think the Packers are going to draft in the first round. This is a position, you know, round three, four, five would be where I would expect the Packers to take guys because we just haven't seen them in recent years really ever um, them try to go take a defensive lineman. So I would be surprised if this is a position um, that they look at and especially considering at least at the top, you know, the top first round talent, not a lot there. Uh, Christian Barmore on my um, big board. I'll share that with you guys here so you can see. Um, he is 20th on, on this board. Um, and I think he could be there. I think there's a possibility that he would not be there as well. Um, so that's one guy to kind of watch. Um, we'll, we'll have to see if he's available. He has been um, a pretty rock solid player for Alabama. And it just, it makes it hard for blockers to really engage and stick to him. Um, I, I just, I can't get excited about him because I really don't think the Packers are going to have a chance to draft him because they're not going to draft him in the first round. And by the time he comes up again, or the Packers come up again, he is just flat out not going to be on the board. Um, so I won't spend a ton of time on that. Um, the last one they drafted was Kenny Clark. So unless they think he's similar, I don't see them drafting an interior defensive lineman in the first round. 
some trade back options, maybe trade up in the second round options. Um, Davion Nixon. Now he's gotten some first round buzz. So there's maybe you would have to take him at the end of the end of the first, but he is a pretty exciting prospect. The issue is he's just kind of had one year. Um, hasn't had any consistency when in regards to that. And he was pretty quiet in 2019 and then just kind of bursted on the scene this year. So he's a guy that has some good burst, you know, can wreck some havoc in the backfield. And he is probably the one that can create the most splash plays. Um, and that could be the reason, you know, his potential, what he can do. Um, maybe it's not ultra consistent, but the splash plays that he is able to make, is that worth it to another team more than it would be for the Packers? So he could be a first round talent. Um, as of right now, I don't have him quite that high on my board. Um, as you can see here, I have him at 41, you know, right after Kadarius Tony. Um, so similar level of a player, um, but he's another guy that really, truly he is pretty exciting as well. So another guy to look out for there in Davion Nixon. Um, some other guys I want to briefly mention, Levi Anaworski. And I know I butchered that. Uh, he's the interior defensive lineman from Washington. He looks more like a, he maybe an interior rusher. Um, he has some of that quickness, some of that athleticism that could help him um, develop as that interior pass rusher. And they also say that he has some good leverage, which actually makes him hard to block in the run game. Um, so it makes it hard to single block him. So you have to double him. And if you have to double him, you think on this Packers defense, you have to double him. Well, you got to double Kenny Clark. You know, you have Zadarius and Rashawn Gary out there. You know, there's a lot of guys that you're going to end up having to double. Um, and maybe not, you can't double them all in the run game, but that allows some free-flowing linebackers, especially if you got two guys in Levi and Kenny Clark on the interior there that can help you um, eat up blocks and allow those linebackers to free flow down to the football. Um, so that is definitely something that would be interesting there. He is a little bit lower than Davion Nixon on my board. Um, I believe he is low 50s on my board currently. Uh, yes, 51 he is. So that maybe he falls to the Packers in the second round. Maybe he's a... Uh, candidates, you know, slight trade up in the second round for the Packers. That would be kind of the range we're looking at for him and similar ranges for the next two guys as well. Uh, Jay Tufaleli, and I really am sorry about these name pronunciations, uh, but another guy, interior guy uh, from USC. He... Um, I've seen him a little bit higher than where he is on my board at 53. I've seen him closer to first round talent, but I've generally seen him kind of as a probably mid to late recently as a second round. So that could be an option 
in the second round for the Packers. Another guy, Marvin Wilson, uh, he is from Florida State, and he is one that was a highly touted um, high school recruit and had pretty exciting flashes of potential at Florida State. Um, so that is a guy that could be of interest, and in, and in he's another guy that didn't have a ton of that, you know, kind of consistency, and that is dropping him down the board. And that's what kind of happened with Rashawn Gary, but the Packers were like, we love his that he was highly touted, that he's flash potential, you know, he's got some athleticism. We're, we'll take him and, and we'll develop him, let him rest or sit, learn the first year, and then move on and, and really start getting a bigger role in the second year. And I imagine for Gary, he's going to have an even bigger role in year three. And maybe that's what Marvin Wilson is. You know, you start in the rotation, you know, you start five to 12 snaps a game in your first year and you slowly build up and, and maybe that helps him develop as a, as an overall potential starting interior defensive lineman. I just don't know if that would happen right away for Wilson. So that'll be it on the interior defensive lineman. And that is also time for a beer break. So just one second. So I think this next group is still a need, and that's kind of what I've been focusing on. I think offensively, in the first round, wide receiver, offensive lineman, mainly tackle. The Packers are likely are not going to take a guard in the first round. And defensively, we went into your defensive lineman, and the next one that makes the next that works closely with that is linebacker. That zero tier. Micah Parsons, top 10 talent. Um, I believe right now I have him at six. So he, yes, I have him at six. So he is going to be gone by that point. Um, he is a very, very exciting player. Um, potential field tilting type of player there from Penn State. Not going to be on the board. Um, a guy that more than likely is not going to be on the board it's from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owosu-Karamoa. He is another very exciting player. He's not quite to the level of a Micah Parsons, but he is very exciting. He has some crazy explosion in his game. He is likely going to be an impact defender in that second level at the next level. I, I do think he is going to be a very good linebacker prospect and, and one that if he gets there, this is a guy that I'm saying, okay, Packers, if he's there, it's like almost a can't pass on because he is that exciting. He has um, some instincts. He's got the athleticism, the explosion. He could be a very exciting prospect. I don't think he's going to be there. Unfortunately, next guy that I do not think is going to be there but has a chance to be there is Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. He has, um, when I started looking at draft prospects back in like November, he was, you know, late second rounder and he's been climbing up boards. He played extremely well. Um, he was awarded the nation's best defensive player um, this year. He came in as a quarterback and linebacker slash safety. Um, 
So that's what he did at high, in high school. Um, Tulsa was the only Division One program to give him a scholarship, and then he just goes out and, and wins the best defensive player in the year of the year in 2020. He's got some size, length. He's got some, the intelligence. The versatility is the big thing with him, and that's the reason I don't think he is going to be on the board at 29 when the Packers pick because he can line up and be an edge rusher. Some draft outlets have him as an edge rusher. He can be an off-ball linebacker. He has the necessary um, size, speed, you know, those types of things to potentially drop into coverage and be effective in that role. He is just so, so versatile, and he's also explosive and and a great player. So I really do not think he's going to be there, but another one that if he is there, I think the Packers should really consider taking Um, Nick Bolton from Missouri. He's a guy um, that I, they project as another impact starter. You know, he can, he does have some explosiveness to get down and make the tackles in the holes, you know, not allowing ball carriers to get downfield, which sounds great as a Packer fan. So, you know, that's definitely a guy to consider as well. And like I said, he's more likely to be there than the other guys that we were mentioning. Um, I have him at 33, so there's probably a pretty good chance that he's there. Um, But a guy to watch, I I think if it was me, I would, if it was Owusu Karamoa or Collins available, I would take them, but I don't know if I'd take any of these other ones in the first round. Even though I love Nick Bolton, he's really exciting. Um, He has prowess in zone coverage. Um, You know, he can drive on some of those shallow routes and and make plays that way. You know, he can uh, come up and make those explosive downhill tackles, those types of things. So he's a guy that's exciting. I just don't know if it's worth that first pick. Um, Dylan Moses, another guy that I think would be a good fit on this Packers team. I just don't know if it's round one. If they can, if he falls and, and they get him in the second round, I think that would be incredible. I have him at 48 on my big board. So, you know, not phenomenal, but that's if there's a chance, you know, maybe he does fall back or or maybe the Packers can trade back and get some extra picks and then take a guy like Dylan Moses. He's very well experienced um, at Alabama, hyper athletic. He's agile, um, fast flowing type of guy. He, he would probably be of the, this kind of second tier that we're talking about, you know, the Nick Bolton, Dylan Moses, he would probably be the guy I prefer. I like that, you know, fast flowing nature. We saw how Levante David Devin White can affect this team. Um, you know, there's been different examples throughout the last year or two that fast flowing linebackers can hamper an offense like this or really any offense. So um, Dylan Moses is kind of that guy if they can either trade back or maybe um, – have him fall to them in the in the second round. I think that would be absolutely great there for the Packers. The next one is a hard one because it's one that I think is number one need for the Packers. Uh, I just don't think there's going to be anyone worthy 
in the first round for the Packers. So that is cornerback uh, our tier zero. Again, guys that are not going to be there, both top 10 talents in Patrick Sertan and Caleb Farley, just they're not going to be there. Sertan is incredible. Farley's incredible. You know, right here, again, that seven and nine there. Now we go down the board a little bit. J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn is the next guy, right? Um, have him at 17 right now, cornerback from South Carolina. He is the guy that if he falls, I don't care. Well, I will never mind. Of the guys I've spoken about in in detail in this uh, video so far, it like if J.C. Horn's there, I'd take him over all of them because he fits a need one. And he fits a very important need. Cornerback is a very premier position. So he fits a very important need. It's something, and he's the third cornerback on this, in this draft. And there is a huge drop-off uh, from J.C. Horn to the next guy. I think, you know, they talk about him as his issue is in zone coverage. Like, he's a man corner. And I can get behind that. Let's. Let's run man because now you get JC Horn, you have Jair Alexander on the other side. You know, you find some slot corner to figure it out. You know, you drop robber coverage with a linebacker. You know, you bring Darnell Savage down to, to help in the middle of the field there. You know, you have a safety over the top or something. You know, we can we could figure it out if we got JC Horn on one side and Jair Alexander on the other side. That would be absolutely incredible that's a guy like i said as long as it's not like for some reason those tier zeros that i've been talking about are falling like in in someone else just has insane insanely more talents i don't think that's possible because to me if jc horn's there he's more than likely going to be the most talented player on the board and if that's the case at a premier position and one that could really help solidify this defense and solidify this team that you got to take him. JC Horn is my a number one. If he could be there, I do not have a lot of faith that that is going to be the case though, because if it's a key position for the Packers cornerback, it's a key position for a lot of different teams. My tier two, uh, which has been, you know, those likely players, players likely to be there. I have no one in that tier. I, it's J.C. Horn and a massive drop-off. Um, so the next options are trade-back or second-round options. Um, Sean Wade, cornerback from Ohio State, he – so he was like as high as – like a top-ten talent at one point. Um, and he's been falling because it he doesn't possess the capability of being an outside corner. Um and, and that's where all this has come in is he transitioned to the perimeter and has struggled being on the outside of the defense. So that is calling him into question of, is he going to be able to do it at the next level? That's why he's falling down. Um, there's some talk of maybe at the next level, his best bet is strong safety. Well, I don't think the Packers draft another safety in the first round. They draft... Darnell Savage, uh, not two years ago now, 
in the draft in the first round. I don't think they're drafting another safety, so I don't think Sean Wade is truly an option early in this draft. Eric Stokes um, is another guy. He's from the cornerback from Georgia. He There's some issues as we're getting down further on this list. Um, he tends to get a little grabby in man coverage at the top of routes. Boy, oh boy, does that sound like Josh Jackson. Um, he can play in man or zone um, from press or occasionally off coverage. Um, he does a lack, lack elite play speed, which he's not – he's grabby and he's not fast. That sounds like Josh Jackson to me. Um, so even though I do think it's important, he's still got to be able to play – and Josh Jackson hasn't been there. I hope that's not Eric Stokes. I hope he's better. I hope he can play. I hope the Packers can get a guy like that. But you you got to be able to, to prove to me that you can do it. And he has been a little bit more opportunistic, which was Josh Jackson as well. Um, so I don't, I don't mean to bang on him because I thought Josh Jackson, and I even into this year, during the year, I thought the Packers should be using him more. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there with uh, Eric Stokes. Next is Asante Samuel Jr. As you could probably guess, he's the son of the four-time NFL Pro Bowl or cornerback Asante Samuel. Um, he is, if we don't get J.C. Horn and we get a guy in the second round, this would probably be the guy that I would like to see. Um, he is a little bit undersized, but... He's very natural in his man coverage abilities. I love that. Makes sense why he's natural, you know, with his father being a four-time pro bowler. Makes sense why he has been very natural in that. So if there's a guy that is in the second round or a trade-up option in the second round, Asante Samuel Jr. is the guy for me for the Packers. He's the guy that I would be most interested in. Uh, Tyson Campbell, another cornerback from Georgia. He is another guy that has some very good man coverage abilities. Um, some other things that have been an issue for him is he struggles with situational awareness. <coughs> Kevin King. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I do think that is concerning. You know, if if he's a very good cover corner and, you know, they can coach out of the situational awareness stuff and teach him a little bit more, that would be good. Um, he does have very good athleticism. Um, and really, truly, they also say he's got the NFL body type and frame. And, you know, the Packers, they, they are very by the books with some of that stuff. So um, that'll be interesting to watch. He's another guy. If it's not Asante Samuel, Tyson Campbell is another guy that I would be definitely okay with. Um, last one I want to mention on this video is Paulson Aduba. Adubo. Um, he plays with very good athleticism. Um, and, you know, that's that's good. That's important at that position to have that athleticism. Um he has a he does a good job of playing in off coverage and then being able to kind of close the separation gap at the top of the routes. Um, plays with high good instincts, high football IQ. 
um, and has some pretty good ball skills as well. So he's another guy that in the second round, that could be where we're looking um, for a guy. You know, you don't get a J.C. Horn in the first round. You know, maybe it's Asante Samuel, Tyson Campbell, or Paulson Adebo. Wow, I'm really sorry. Um, but I'll just pull up here. The cornerbacks that I mentioned, again, Sertan and Farley, likely not going to be there. The cornerbacks from Alabama and Virginia Tech, respectively, there. Um, J.C. Horn, the one true first-round guy um, and the only one I'd be comfortable taking. Um, then to me, just personal preference, I would prefer Asante Samuel, Tyson Campbell, or Paulson here over – guys like Sean Wade or Eric Stokes. I just like their skill set a little bit more than those other two players. Um, so in the second round, a trade-up option, maybe a trade-back option, those guys I like a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe you don't even have to trade up in the second round. Maybe it's just a second-round option, and you can get a guy like Asante Samuel or, or Tyson Campbell. So I just wanted to go through, you know, talk a little bit about the – players that you you should start looking at, start looking for, and, and guys that could be available for this Packers team in round one. Um, we'll, we'll go further into the draft as we go along. I do plan on having some mock drafts on the channel, so make sure you're subscribing, checking all of that stuff out, um, because there will be more draft stuff coming. I was really excited to get this up. I, I love talking draft, and I'm excited to talk more draft, uh, get get some more you know, like community. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Who do you want for the Packers to draft at 29? Is, is it receiver? Is it offensive line? I mean, probably not, but it's up there in terms of um, need for this Packers team. To me, if J.C. Horn's not there, offensive lineman is is one position you have to be looking at very heavily um also defensive lineman linebacker cornerback are my other three areas of need so the two on the offensive side of the ball three on the defensive side of the ball that are needs that i think are comfortable thinking the packers might take um there is one other guy that i do want to mention and i want to mention him it's gonna feel weird but I, I do want to mention the safety from Oregon. Now, he does have some versatility. You know, some draft outlets are putting him as a cornerback. Some are putting him as a safety. It's probably going to be a safety in the NFL, but he has the ability to, you know, be that slot corner. So maybe I have him at 49. So maybe it's... You know, for me, let's say we go Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle from Michigan, and then you go Javon Holland in the second round. I think that would be pretty great pairing. Um, and it gets you a guy that can play that third safety role. So now you have a higher pedigree Raven Green that can also come down, get in the slot, mix it up there as well. Um, so some guys to keep an eye out for. Um, and let me know what you guys think. We'll, we'll be back with more draft stuff. We'll, we'll get some first-round mocks. Maybe we'll do some seven-round Packers mocks. Uh, do it live on the channel. You know, come, come check it out. Subscribe. 